Welcome to Your Future at McGill podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and today's episode falls under our Canvas series. There are two parts to this episode. In the first one, I chat with Emily and Christopher, two colleagues of mine who work in the International Student Services Department at McGill. They will offer some great advice for international students who are considering applying to McGill. We strongly encourage visiting our website for this type of information as things can change from day to day. In the second part, I discuss the process that an international student goes through before starting at McGill with Robin. Robin was also a guest in another episode in which he shares in much greater detail his own experience being a McGill student. So look for that one if you want to hear more of his story. And today I'm lucky to be joined by two colleagues from the International Student Services. So I'll allow them to introduce themselves. Uh, we can start with Emily. Sure. I'm Emily Love, also a McGill alum, undergrad and grad, and I work at International Student Services. I uh, oversee all of the communications, student programming, and orientation. And Chris? Yeah, hi, my name is uh, Christopher Haber. Um, I'm an immigration advisor with ISS, uh, and I'm here to help students uh, answer all questions relating to their immigration process um, at, for studying at McGill in, in Canada. Uh, I'm also a McGill uh, grad. Uh, and just in case you haven't made the connection, uh, we will probably be saying ISS very quickly and often on this podcast. So that is International Student Services, just to connect it for our listeners. Um, so the goal of today's podcast is to really show you know, what kind of services students have access to, what kind of support they can get uh, as they transition into McGill. So going straight to the beginning of a student who's thinking about coming to McGill, you know, they're maybe applying in September, October, they want to know, you know, maybe they have some questions and they want to figure some things out. Can they reach out to your office before even being admitted or even before applying? How would that work? Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of different ways. First of all, you can follow us on social media. We have uh, an active Instagram presence. Uh, if you want to feel connected to Montreal, the campus, we have a Facebook account where we uh, advertise all of our programs and uh, we have an Immigration Tip Tuesday. Uh, we also have a way for prospective students to reach out to us uh, if they need to speak with, say, an immigration advisor uh, online uh, under our contact uh, page. And, uh, and finally, we also have on March 18th, uh, a webinar for students who have been accepted, but maybe you have not yet uh, accepted your offer of admission uh, to answer your questions and give a little bit more information about how ISS can help you uh, in your decision-making process and to let you know all the services that we uh, will have available to you the minute you accept your offer, should you do that. Great. So there's support at all levels, and that's awesome to hear. So then let's progress through that process. So a student gets their offer from McGill. Yay. Congrats to them uh, being an international student. How, what's, what are the steps that they need to take to make sure that they can start studying in the fall, for example? So once you've uh, been admitted, um, admitted into McGill and accepted your offer, uh, we recommend that you apply for your CAQ right away, which is... Uh, it's unique to Quebec. It's called the Certificat d'Acceptation du Québec. Um, and it's the first step that you would need to uh, take in order to obtain all the proper documents to study at McGill. Um, once you've obtained your CAQ, and it usually takes about, they say it's about 20 business days, but it can take up to eight weeks. So once you've obtained your CAQ uh, or your CAQ approval letter, because you'll get a, uh, an electronic version of the approval letter in your online account, 
then you should apply right away for your study permit because depending on where uh, you're applying from, which country you're applying from, the uh, processing times can be quite long. And especially uh, given the current circumstances, they can be even longer. Uh, for those students who, uh, who need a, a visitor visa or what's called a temporary resident visa uh, to enter Canada, uh, that'll be included with your study permit uh, application. And for those who are TRV exempt, they would need what's called uh, an electronic travel authorization or ETA, uh, and that would, which is linked to your passport. And that would also be um, automatically issued uh, once your study permit has been approved. And, and I, I, know, I know you mentioned this, um, but I'll ask you to repeat it. So you've been admitted, a student accepts their offer. When should they start the process? So we, we recommend they start the process right away. Once you have your offer of admission, once you're a new admit, um, you can apply for your CAQ right away um, in order to make sure that you get it on time so that you can start for the fall. Because as I was mentioning, it takes about four to eight weeks to get your CAQ issued. Um, but then depending on where you're applying from uh, for your study permit, it could, be, it could take quite a bit longer. So um, there's really no reason to delay once you've uh, accepted the offer uh, and you have all your documents ready. I apologize for asking you twice. I just really want to hammer that point home because it, I think it is important to just really make sure that those dates are in mind and, and that time frame uh, is in the student's mind. Out of curiosity, is there any advice, you know, if a student maybe is still hesitant between schools, but McGill is maybe their, their second choice, perhaps, or top two choices, um, do you still recommend, so maybe they haven't accepted the offer, do you, do you still recommend that they kind of, you know, start, start to go with that process, or what is the advice there? Well, the issue is that in, until you have your actual, your actual offer of admission, so until you've accepted the offer, uh, you can't apply. It's, it's a required document to apply for your document. So I suppose you could, if you, if, you, if you have the offer of admission, you can start the process. But it wouldn't be a much benefit if you decide to change schools because then you'd have to start the process. Uh, as the, at least for the study permit, you'd have to start the process over again with the new offer of admission for, your, uh, for the new school that you've switched to. Perfect. No, I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Um, and just out of curiosity, uh, what, what is the general cost for this? I think it's important for students and their parents, perhaps, to just get an idea of what this will sort of cost them. Uh, do we have an idea of that, uh, that total? Yeah, uh, so as of January 1st, so the, the, the fees for the CAQ go up every year according to uh, inflation. But as of January 1st, 2021, um, the fees for a CAQ are $117 Canadian. Uh, and for your study permit, uh, they're $150. Canadian. Some people also, and I should have maybe mentioned this earlier, but some people, uh, if you haven't given your what's called biometrics within the past 10 years, um, you would also be required to uh, give your biometrics for your study permit. Uh, and there would be an additional fee of $85 Canadian for that. And I think just talking about costs, uh, this sort of, you know, ventures out into another aspect that international students need to consider. Uh, but in terms of health insurance, so if someone's coming from elsewhere, how does health insurance work for international students at McGill? Is it mandatory? Uh, what's that process like? Sure. So all international students are automatically provided with the McGill Health Insurance Group Plan, which is specifically designed for international students. Uh, as soon as you register for at least one course, the health insurance program is billed to your student fee account along with your tuition. What's great is that international students do not need to provide proof of your health insurance when you're applying for your immigration documents. Uh, the immigration authorities, they're aware that McGill University ensures that all registered students have a comprehensive medical plan uh, upon arrival in Canada and throughout your studies at McGill. 
And finally, I'd like to promote that we have uh, some webinars on, on the International Health Insurance Plan and how to navigate the healthcare system in Quebec. And these are scheduled in June and July. And if and when you accept your offer of admission, you will receive an email from our office with the dates and the times and how to register for each of uh, these programs. Yeah, that's great. And, and yes, uh, definitely promote those events. We have so many in the summer and spring for our new students. So definitely ways of getting information before starting your first day at McGill. Uh, you know, we, we've been considering and thinking about fall 2021 um, more recently uh, as, we, as plans are being made. Uh, in terms of, you know, understanding how it'll work for international students getting into the country, getting into Quebec, uh, where, how do they know that they're getting the most up-to-date information? Where should they go for that? Well, of course, uh, given the current uh, situation, it's true that things are changing almost, you know, sometimes it feels like they're changing on a daily basis. Um, but when you come to ISS, you can rest assured that you're getting the most accurate information because all of the immigration advisors are uh, members of either um, the I ICCRC or uh, members or, or lawyers, members of, the, of their respective bars. Um, and as part of that, we're, you know, we're obligated to keep uh, that we have to maintain our, our, our knowledge base and, and keep up to date with all the the most uh, recent updates from uh, Immigration Canada. Um, so beyond a doubt, when you come to ISS, you're getting the most accurate information that's out there. Um, and you can, you can be sure that that's the case. Also, our website is updated within 24 hours of any announcement that comes out from IRCC, that's Immigration, Refugee, Citizenship Canada. Uh, we have uh, different sections. They're all on our homepage. So we have a whole section on entering Canada, everything from uh, quarantine to travel uh, and 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 what you do when you land uh, in Canada. We have sections for uh, just general immigration FAQs, and we have a specific section for new students. Uh, so I encourage you to go to our homepage and uh, and to keep abreast of uh, of the immigration updates because, as Chris said, they do change. Sometimes it feels like daily. So before you make travel plans, to check our website. Very good information, definitely important to know. So in terms of just maybe getting in, uh, you know, aware and, and learning about more things, are there events that ISS holds or hosts um, maybe before, you know, students start in the fall? Yeah, and as uh, Nicholas, as you mentioned before, McGill has so many programs being offered for new students throughout the summer and ISS, International Student Services is no exception. Uh, if, if and when you accept your offer of admission, uh, you will receive an email from ISS within two weeks uh, listing all of our pre-arrival webinars. So we have uh, one with uh, one of the immigration advisors on immigration essentials. So as Chris mentioned, the CAQ and the study permit, we have a step-by-step -step, uh, walkthrough process, a webinar on how to apply for those documents. Uh, we have a, a webinar on welcoming you to McGill and to Montreal and what it's like to uh, to be in the city here and to be on campus. Um, hopefully everyone will be back this fall. And then uh, we have a, a program, as I mentioned, on uh, health insurance and navigating uh, healthcare in Quebec. Uh, if you're bringing a spouse or children, we have a program uh, for families. And, uh, and finally, uh, later in the summer, we'll have a program on sort of like a, a Canada 101 uh, session uh, for those of you who might want to learn a little bit more about uh, where you're coming to. And then 
overall, I would say if you follow us on, on Instagram and, and Facebook, uh, it gives you an idea of the programs and services that we offer uh, throughout the summer, throughout the year. And Instagram is a great way to connect with the city. We're going to be uh, a tourist, if you will, in the city of Montreal throughout the summer. So it's a nice way to, uh, to kind of get a, a sneak peek of, of the city in the summer. And if there's one thing that we always sort of highlight is Montreal in the summer, gorgeous place to be. Uh, so, and you kind of already hinted at this um, about events or services during the year. So if I'm an international student, I've started at McGill already, what are the typical things that a student might reach out to the office for? You know, does it apply to work stuff? Like maybe they want a part-time job or maybe they want, you know, what, what are the examples that you've sort of seen uh, where students come to you during the school year? And maybe Chris can jump in at the end to talk more about what, what he sees as an immigration advisor. But from an office standpoint, uh, we do offer immigration webinars throughout the year. So uh, we have representatives from IRCC and the Ministry of Immigration for Quebec on how to apply for permanent residence. Uh, we have immigration workshops on applying for post-graduation work permit, renewing your immigration documents. And we also have other programs like finding jobs in Quebec for inter or in Canada for international students. We have networking events. We have an amazing uh, French immersion program uh, targeted for international students in the summer with the University of Quebec at Chicoutimi. Um, right now, uh, we have a, a week of Discover Quebec programs about Quebec, uh, trivia programs, uh, information programs, just ways to learn more about the province of Quebec. Um, we offer a series of orientation programs. And throughout the summer and throughout the year, we have a series of social events. So uh, when COVID ends, uh, every year we have a, like a hockey 101 program where one of the uh, hockey uh, players uh, from McGill will come and teach international students about uh, Canadian hockey. And, uh, and then uh, we offer tickets to a McGill game. Uh, throughout the summer, every week we do a, uh, an outing uh, with international students, like whether to the jazz festival or the comedy festival. Um, and finally, we also offer uh, programs with uh, the McGill Wellness Hub on um, the Student Wellness Hub on how uh, programs for families, uh, students perhaps with spouses or children. So we're always offering new programs, but I'm going to pass it over to Chris in case he wants to add something about the types of questions that he sees as an immigration advisor. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Emily. So just to add to that, some of the services that we offer also, you know, uh, when students have started their studies at McGill is you can book an appointment with an advisor. You know, we have certain advising hours. They change. They, they vary depending on, on the month. And, and with COVID, it's been a bit up in the air. So I won't I won't officially list them right now. Um, so you can book an appointment with an advisor if you have any specific questions that relate to either, you know, renewing your documents or maintaining a legal status or if you're allowed to work, et cetera, et cetera. And, and also you can always you can always send us an email. Uh, you can use the web form on a, the contact us page of the ISS website and you can send us an email uh, with your specific question and we'll uh, we'll answer it as you know as soon as we uh, as soon as we're able to. I think that's great. I think there's a lot of information there. Uh, I think the, again, the purpose of this too is to initiate, I think, and provide some of that foundation for information and then directing students to the websites is always a great thing because that's where things will just keep getting more up to date. Uh, I usually end this type of way with uh, students, um, but I think I want to ask the two of you as well, and I won't provide too much guidance on this, but I just want to hear your thoughts as a staff or just in general, maybe even as an alum, um, what's your favorite thing about McGill? Okay, I don't think I have just one favorite thing about McGill. Um, 
I, I work in student services because I love working with students, uh, especially the international students. We have over 12,000 international students. When I was a student, I got to meet uh, students from Bahrain, from Bulgaria, uh, countries I never would have had an opportunity to meet people from. And, and the caliber of students that I get to meet, um, like everyone here is going to be uh, future leaders and, and, and change makers. And so it's neat to be part of that process and, and to meet such talented and interesting people with interesting stories. Um, and the other thing I'll say is uh, I love the campus. I love walking through campus at lunch. I love walking up McTavish um, in every season and watching uh, the seasons change in the, the mountain behind, uh, behind Dr. Penfield Street. So uh, I, I'm so glad that I got to come back to McGill after having done my undergrad and grad here. And Chris, to you, uh, it's too much pressure to follow that. But. Uh, you know, uh, previously to becoming um, an immigration uh, consultant, um, I, I worked in, uh, in marketing promotions for, for quite a long time and I decided to go back to, to school and to do my, to do my certificate in, in, in immigration consulting. Um, and my goal had, was always from the beginning and a lot of people wanted to start their own business. Um, which I did briefly, but my goal was always to um, to start working at McGill uh, as a student advisor. Um, it was just something that I always wanted to do. Like Emily said, there's something about the campus uh, that really draws you to it. It's a beautiful campus. Um, I enjoy speaking to the to, to international students, you know, helping them solve their problems. So prior to, and I had applied for McGill three times before I finally got the job. Um, and at the time I was working at Immigration Canada. Um, so I kind of, and that took me a while to get into that. So I was kind of in torn between you know what should what should I do but ultimately I decided to kind of uh, return to my uh, to my alma mater and and uh, and pursue uh, my career here which uh, and I have it was the best decision I ever made. I was just gonna say um, you guys should have a, a like an hour-long podcast on why people like McGill and I could fill up a, a good chunk of that time well and part of that and there's a part two to this question I'm gonna ask again the two of you what's your favorite thing about Montreal so that's a big poll that we really try to highlight the city itself so for yourselves, what is that big thing? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I was born and raised in Montreal. Um, I've always lived here. So obviously um, I have a very uh, deep, uh, deep attachment uh, to the city. Um, I mean, I know it's a cliche, but I think just kind of the, you know, the multiculturalism, the kind of, the, you know, the fact that there's um, a, a rich, you know, French, uh, English history, which kind of creates a, a certain dynamic that you don't really get um, in other parts uh, of the world, of the country or even the world having that bilingual aspect to it. Um, so I think, yeah, I know it's a cliche, but I guess that that would be my, my answer. And I haven't left, so the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> uh, I grew up between Montreal and Toronto and my family split between the two. And I never had a doubt in my mind that Montreal was where I wanted to be. Uh, the, the restaurant scene, uh, I could eat my way through the city. Uh, especially in the summertime when all the cafes kind of spill out into the street. Uh, this is the yummiest city I've ever been to. Um, and I've lived uh, throughout North America. Uh, and also the walkability. Uh, I live probably about an hour, hour and 10 minutes away from campus, but I love walking and biking to campus uh, when I have the time. And, uh, you know, you can basically walk uh, anywhere you want from downtown uh, and explore such beautiful colored houses and all the restaurants and the cafes and the parks and the mountain. And, uh, and I, I find that helps to offset uh, the eating part. 
that that has to be the best advice for sure. Uh, definitely taking advantage of that mountains, you know, taking up, uh, going, doing some hiking. So thank you both for that. Thank you for tolerating those, you know, off topic questions, but I think uh, those opinions and those, those answers are really helpful for students to think about and see themselves here. So uh, thank you for your professional advice in terms of uh, the international student services. Thank you for more of that personal advice as well. Uh, and just again, thank you for joining me uh, today. Thanks, Nicholas. Thanks for having us, Nick. Hi, Robin. Thanks for joining. How's it going? Hi, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. I'm fine. What about you? Not bad, not bad. So for the listeners, you just heard Emily and Christopher, uh, two staff members from McGill, talking about the ISS department. So now what we're going to do through uh, Robin's experience is sort of talk about how students can interact with that office and how they uh, and how an international student goes through the whole process of applying uh, for the government documents that are needed to join McGill. So firstly, uh, Robin, when you applied to McGill before receiving the offer, what kind of thought, like how much time are you spending on thinking about, oh wait, what kind of visas do I need? What documents do I need to come to Quebec uh, and Canada? Um, so in my experience, uh, I, I did have a relative, my sister, who went on exchange in Canada at Carleton University. So she was, she needed a study permit at the time, uh, which her school did provide because it was exchange, but at least she had some exposure, I guess, to the IRCC system. So I asked her about that um, and then started looking into the study permit uh, procedures myself uh, from what she told me, basically. Um, so yeah, it was mostly in terms of just looking what are the, the requirements, how long does it take? Um, and I have to admit, like as a French citizen, it was fairly like easy for me because I think your first application, if it's your first time applying, it's a week or two, I want to say. Um, the only thing I didn't realize at the time that I realized only later on was that you also need a sort of permit from the province of Quebec, which my sister didn't tell me about because she was in Ontario, so she didn't know about that either, um, which is definitely something I wish I knew beforehand, just in terms of like planning um, this, you know, immigration uh, procedure thingy, but I guess at least like I, I already had that um, exposure to the study permit uh, experience at least with the federal government. Yeah, and, and Emily and Christopher did bring that up earlier and, uh, and it bears repeating uh, that, yeah, if you are interested in coming to McGill or any other Quebec university for that matter, uh, there are two documents. So first you have to do the CAQ application and then once you receive that, you can do the Canadian study permit. Uh, so talking about those two documents, so you had a little bit of information before you uh, received an offer from McGill, but once you received that offer, how fast did you start processing those documents? How, what was your timeline like? Um, so I have to admit, um, me, Robin in high school was not the most organized person at the time. So I did not get started right away, which I would not recommend. Um, I did end up get, get, I did get all my documents in time, but when I say in time it was more so on time. Um, so in my, in my experience, the CAQ was definitely the hardest to get because at the time, at least uh, when I, when I first had to apply in, in 2017, everything was done in, you know, in person sort of but the problem is that at the time because everything was in person you had to mail your documents so print them sign them like manually and then like send them by mail which i guess like depending on where you live can be like a very daunting um procedure and i also have to admit the quebec government does not do a great job at following up with your application because you in my experience at least and 
um, talking with a few of my friends at McGill as well, it turns out they will only update your file to tell you they received your documents a few days before they give you your acceptance. So for two months, you don't even know if they received your documents and you're sort of in this limbo wondering, did I, did they get my document? Am I, am, am I good to go with this procedure? So um, in a way, I would say this is probably, if, if this is what, you know, prospective students like experience, it's probably not stressful because I think everyone I talk to experienced that as well. It's of course not the best way to run an immigration department, but at least it's good to know that it's not just you and that just in general, that's what, um, that's what happens. And I would say it took me about two months and a half to get, um, to get the CAQ. The, I would say the only thing that is well thought is that you don't need the physical CAQ to start applying for this study permit. They, uh, once they accept you, they issue this PDF letter that says that you will receive your CAQ at the address that you put on your application, but you can use this PDF letter uh, to apply for your study permit because they already give you your number and, and everything. So you can already go through with the study permit and then the federal study permit is everything is online. So it's a lot easier to use it. And like I said, usually your first application, it takes less time to process than renewal. And I think that honest approach is definitely helpful in seeing the larger picture, uh, you know, how many months it could actually take. So it is very much a, a thing that does take place throughout the summer as you're doing all the other things, you know, you do as an admitted student, like course registration and other factors. So uh, it's good to know uh, the timeline. Of course, for any updates in the processes, please take a look at the official websites, the government websites. Uh, I'm sure that there have been some changes every year sometimes brings new changes, especially what the past year has been. Um, but I think, again, giving yourself enough time is the thing to take away from Robin's experience. Um, so that all works out. You get the documents in time um, and then you're starting at McGill. I was curious. So ISS and then Emily and Christopher have mentioned this. There are a lot of things that are available through the, you know, through the year, through the school year. It's not just them helping you start at McGill, it's really to help you out throughout your experience at McGill. Have you ever used their services? Have you ever reached out to them for, for advice or you know, legal advice as well? Um, so two things before I, I dive into the legal advice part that is going to be the most extensive one in my case. Um, I did actually attend an ISS workshop. Um, I think it was winter 2019, if I remember well, about the procedures to stay in Quebec um after graduation i actually i i like the fact they did two parts like the main part of the workshop was uh quebec but they also did canada more generally um which again quebec is its own thing and is is hard to get um uh, you need this certificate de sélection, so like the selection permit after graduation if you want to stay in quebec which was definitely very helpful to have this workshop about it and know that this was the procedure if I was to stay in Quebec um, after graduation, uh, which other provinces don't require. Again, it's just Quebec, but uh, it's always good to know that, you know, it's something out there that you have to consider because you might not think if you're in your first, second, even third year that, you know, it's necessary to think about all of that. But if my experience has taught me anything, look into the procedures years ahead of time and that way you can only be prepared for when the time comes in especially you never know what comes after graduation so if you have to stay or not have if you want to stay and you know this last minute opportunity comes up for you to stay at least you know i have a general sense of what you're expected to do so that was my first um my first interaction i guess with the iss um the second came up when i had to renew my study permit in uh, september 2019 after my passport expired 
because the study permit is tied to your study to your passport. So if your passport expires, unfortunately, you also have to renew your study permit. Um, it's generally easier, even even though it takes longer. But you're allowed to stay in Canada even after it expires, so long as you started the application before it expired. So generally, it's it doesn't it doesn't paralyze you much, or at least it should not. Um, although in my case, the IRCC did uh, make several mistakes on my case that erroneously um, resulted in my application getting rejected at least for a bit. And so I had to consult with uh, ISS advisor for uh, legal advising. I, I have to say everything went pretty smoothly in the sense that I, I, it was on a Wednesday. I, I remember the day specifically. I think you can't forget such an experience so easily, but it was on a Wednesday morning. I went back to my apartment, talked to my roommates. They told me to go to ISS. Uh, ISS managed to uh, get me a last minute appointment before, because they, they have time slots in the morning and then after lunch in the afternoon. Uh, and they were very kind as to give me a last minute appointment in the morning so that my, I wouldn't wait any longer. Um, I have to admit, even my advisors were really surprised by what happened to me and they told me they never heard that before, but they did uh, provide um, options for me to, um, to be able to you know, appeal the decision. Uh, the first one I tried is actually the one that worked out directly. And I think in the span of three weeks, my file was overturned and I, I was accepted and I managed to stay in Canada to finish my, uh, to finish my time at McGill. Definitely a, um, you know, the adrenaline, I guess, that, you know, fuels your experience. And I, I doubt that this will happen to everyone, quite honestly, even as my ISS advisors told me, this is probably the first time this happened to anyone they knew. Um, but it's always good to know that even in this situation, I was able to consult them and they were very responsive and very open to help me provided with like a few options and they uh, gave me their own emails and told me like, please follow up with us just so we know that at least you're okay um, and that you're able to stay in Canada. So that one experience, although I, I wish I didn't have to go through that experience, at least went really well. And from the standpoint of ISS, they did everything they to help me uh, finish my studies here. And I'm really sorry, of course, you know, that you had to undergo that experience and, and you mentioned it as well. You know, this might be one of the worst cases. Um, obviously there might be a few, you know, really in intense situations that people have maybe gone through. You know, these are legal aspects for sure. Um, but I think, yeah, I think your, your experience was maybe on the rough end, um, but hopefully more rough than others have had to undergo. Um, but I think the advice of, you know, if your passport does happen to expire while you are here, that there are ways to uh, fix that and then how and services available to assist through that. So uh, hopefully the, the negative experiences uh, will eventually come to an end in terms of that. Um, but of course, uh, again, for any listeners, just to know, take the time, do the research and find the advice uh, because it is definitely there uh, in terms of our immigration advisors. The, these are degrees, these are certificates that they are experienced and helping with uh, students uh, and people, adults of all ages, if you have families as well. Uh, so definitely uh, take advantage of that experience that they have. So I won't have you think too far back now anymore. Uh, the past, let's move forward. Uh, let's, let's push forward to the next great thing. Um, but I wanna thank you, Robin, again, for joining me. Uh, for those who are interested in hearing more of Robin's story, there is another podcast with uh, his full McGill experience or a bit more full uh, than this experience here. So thanks again, Robin, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Nick.